Hello and welcome to the Highway to Health show. I'm your host, Dr. E, the stem cell guy. In this episode, I am joined by Nicole Worth. Nicole is a coach, author, and speaker who shows women how to become BFFs with their body. So every time they look in the mirror, they say, damn, I rock. Before we go on to today's episode, I want to remind you that this show is a labor of love, which I do in my spare time. My current day job, besides my health practice, is running a company where we help doctors and other practicing health professionals become better entrepreneurs, allowing them to serve more patients and provide a better life for their families. If you're a health professional or you know of a doctor, dentist, nurse practitioner, chiropractor, or any other practicing doctor who deserves to be doing better in business, check out pgformula.com. This episode is sponsored and produced by podcastinabox.co. I remember when I first launched my podcast. I had been thinking about doing it for years. I had read two books on the subject and signed up for an online course, and I still did not launch the podcast. You see, back then, I was still serving as chief medical officer for a very busy stem cell practice, and so it was hard to find the time to start and maintain a new project like this podcast, which is where Podcast in a Box came in. The team at Podcast in a Box handled everything, and I mean everything that has to do with planning, launching, editing, publishing, and marketing a podcast. Because podcasting to build your own personal brand or for business is not just about buying a microphone and rambling on. There is so much more than that. If you're a doctor, lawyer, accountant, business owner, or anyone looking to build a personal brand to instill trust in your clients so they will want to buy your products or services, but you don't have the time or desire to learn the technical side of podcasting, Podcast in a Box might be right for you. To find out more and see if your idea is worthy of a podcast, just head on over to podcastinabox.co and click on the appropriate button. When prompted, make sure to mention Dr. E's Highwood Health Show and the How Did You Hear About Us section. Oh, and uh, speaking of Podcast in a Box, I have to make an aside here and let you know that, as you very well know, Well, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and the number of people working from home has exploded, putting a significant strain on the quality of the connection. And I always record my interviews via Zoom. And in fact, during my conversation with Nicole, she had to switch to a different computer, use her phone at one point, she was freezing, I was freezing at some other points, and well, you know, that resulted in a few glitches here and there in our conversation. But as you will listen to now, they did a great job of cleaning up what I sent them and in record time, so really, kudos to the team. In any case, in today's episode, you will learn about Nicole's program called Wildly Alive, where she teaches women how to listen to their bodies in order to stop judging, shaming, and guilting themselves into achieving arbitrary and often unreachable objectives. You see, in trying to keep up with the Joneses, we often forget that what we're seeing in social media, magazines, TV, and really everywhere else is not really true or even healthy. But after years of being bombarded with these messages, we often end up trying to achieve those standards. And how are we told to do it? Using willpower and guilting ourselves to a miserable life of crash dieting. If you have ever felt like the diet or the lifestyle you're supposed to follow is making you feel more miserable than you were before, you know how defeating it is. And if that's the case, this episode is one you must listen to. So let's get to it. Here is my conversation with Nicole Worth. And remember, you are on the highway to health and I'm your guide to get you there. Are you ready to live ageless? Want to discover alternative health choices? 
cutting edge nutrition and fitness for the entire family. Welcome to Highway to Health Show with your host, Dr. E, the stem cell guy, where Dr. E helps you live ageless. And now, here's your host, Dr. E. Hello, Nicole. Welcome to the Highway to Health Show. How are you today? I'm doing great. Given the circumstances, still alive, still smiling. So, you know, that's good. <laughs> exactly. It's been a crazy couple of weeks, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's to say the least for sure. <laughs> right. But I, I think, you know what, I think uh, I think we've all been hearing a lot about uh, this outbreak and, and, and whatnot. So uh, having you on is, is a great change of pace. Uh, so once again, welcome to the show. Uh, why don't you say hi to our audience and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself, what got you started on your on your current uh, journey? Yeah, so I did not get into the health field because it was something that came easy to me or something that I wanted to do, honestly. Um, I was raised on Hamburger Helper and my mom made a mean, you know, like cheese sandwich. I was, I could definitely... Um, I could definitely eat a Big Mac in like less than a minute. That's what I was known for in high school. And so after high school, I gained a lot of weight and I did what most people do. And that's what I thought I needed to do was I did a lot of diets. And, you know, going into it, I didn't have self-esteem issues or body issues per se. But what happened, what I realized is that after every single diet that I did, um, it took a chunk out of my self-esteem. And so I worked really hard to lose weight. And I remember saying it was the hardest thing I have ever done. And I am a very willpower driven person. And so if it said, don't eat ice cream, you know, like I would really, really stick to that. And so that's why it was so hard because it was such a fight against my own natural body's instincts. And so anyway, I lost the weight and most people would look at my body at that time and think like, dang, she's got it going on. She's so fit. She's so healthy. But I was a mess inside. I was worse than when I started hands down. Um, and you know, I, I felt I was obsessed. I was stressed. I, people, again, people would look at me and think, oh, she's so healthy, but I was, the opposite of healthy. Physically, I looked healthy, but mentally I was a total mess. And I think that's a problem with with diet culture, really. And a lot of these people on social media who are posting all these pictures of their body and how great it looks and the food that they're eating and being in the gym and thinking that it's fitspiration, when really those people are so lost in their disordered eating and this, their disordered exercising, they don't even see it. And that was me for a really long time. And so um, that's how Wildly Alive kind of came into fruition is really trying to create change from a respect-based place instead of a shame-based place, because that's what diet culture says is if you hate your body enough, then you will not eat the cookies or exercise or whatever, and really shifting it into a place of respect. And that, again, is is the theory that your body is a living, breathing, feeling thing, just like a plant. So if I came in here and looked at my plants every day and I said, you're not good enough and I don't like you, you need to try harder, it would struggle to survive. And I think that's what's happening with most people's bodies is 
what we're saying to our bodies is actually breaking it down and making it really unhealthy as opposed to building it up. And so that's where the respect comes in is if I can show you how awesome your body is and how amazing, all the amazing things she's doing for you in this moment, it kind of creates this different language of, hmm, wow, she is kind of cool. I don't want to overfeed her sugar or I don't want to like sit her on the couch for entirely too long. And you want to kind of, again, have more reciprocal and uh, or respectful behaviors towards your body because you're not viewing it as something you just manipulate and change. Uh, You know what? You mentioned something about respecting yourself, respecting your body. And I think that, and I've touched upon this in other interviews about how we lack kindness when talking to ourselves. We, we, you know, I've, I've always said that if somebody heard how most of us talk to ourselves in our head, they would be shocked and everyone does it. Uh, and, and you wouldn't put up, you wouldn't talk like that to your worst enemy, but we're talking like that to ourselves. So, so that's definitely not, not helping us. And from what you shared, that was very close to what you were experiencing, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And again, like, I think it's really important to, for everyone to understand that thin is not the ideal. And, and that's where we get into this, I, this I, idea that our body is just something you man, manipulate all you, you exercise for a smaller stomach. You don't eat the cookies for smaller arms and, And we've really got to shift the language that thinner is the ideal because people can be healthy at any size. And that's what that whole movement is about. There's a whole book on that, that just like there are naturally thin people, there are naturally fat people and, um, and not really looking at this unrealistic expectation for, for a lot of people's bodies. Um, and so that's where it's easier to be respectful when you're not trying to go against, again, the natural instinct of your body. Well, I think, I think I'm going to agree with you on the part that, you know, fat shaming isn't really the answer, but I, I definitely, you know, based on, on, on my experience and my background, I definitely cannot agree with you that, uh, being overweight or obese could be healthy. Um, I, at least not metabolically, uh, but but mentally and emotionally doesn't necessarily have to be unhealthy. And I think that's where, and I don't know, you can correct me if this is your experience or not with, your, with yourself and with your clients, but I think that's where the real change has to come from. Because if we're just thinking about this from a physical point of view, from a what, how do I look and my metabolic markers, then we're not really making that shift and that change unless we really involve our our mind and our emotion. Is that kind of like what you've experienced? Right, right. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think the mindset is the, the basis of it all. But again, like when I say there are naturally fat people, I think we all can go and look at and throw out these huge numbers. But because thin is so thin that that's what people think like healthy is. And so again, like there is a range. I am not saying this is free reign to overeat and stuff your body with entirely too much food or force yourself to sit on the couch because I just love my body and I don't need to exercise it. That's not what I'm saying. But I think if some people could look at my body and say, I'm fat, 
right? And but I feel like I'm healthy. Yes, I have some cellulite and I have some rolls, but I take care of myself, right? So it's 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 I'm not saying that this is a permission slip to just not take care of yourself. It's a permission slip to see there is a natural healthy balance in the body um, that doesn't look like what we're seeing on TV most of the time, because that's what we're being sold is that our body needs to be tight and small. And, you know, and some people's aren't naturally like that, but a lot of people's aren't naturally like that. So it's a, it's a very, um, it's a word that could be th- thrown in many different contexts for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and, and again, it's not, it's not necessarily just a butt heads. Uh, but I, 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 I have emphasized that here uh, before that it is not about what you look like. I've, I've treated a lot of patients who look healthy, uh, but when you look at them, they're, they're not, or there's a reason why they're going to the doctor and not just mentally and emotionally like you described, right. but, but for, for a myriad of reasons. And you're absolutely right. I think that the, the standard that we are being sold as, as our objective is unrealistic for most people. Uh, you know, you talk to people who have been like super fit and and they will tell you like listen, just being that fit. Just just look at the actors that for instance play like the superheroes and and they'll tell you like it's brutal. It's a full-time job staying that way. Sure, it looks great, but it's a full-time job. You cannot expect an everyday person that has a job and kids to look like that because then you're setting yourself up for failure unless you're able to spend 12, 14 hours of the day taking care of yourself and watching every ounce of food that you put in your mouth and watching everything that you work out and that you move and all these things. It's, it's, it's unrealistic. And I think the biggest problem is that you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more about like shifting our standard of what health is and not looking at those people who are disordered eating and disordered exercising as, because then I think that deters us from wanting to make healthy decisions. Cause we're like, is that what I have to become? Do I have to be counting my 15 almonds every morning? Do I have to be like obsessively on the treadmill every day? And I'm like, no, there's actually a way I'm a big fan of like moderation and finding balance and um, yeah. And not reaching to those, like, it's like a full pendulum. I feel like either people are really unhealthy and then they swing and they get obsessed with being healthy. And that's what happened to me. And I was like, Whoa, this is really mentally unhealthy. Like I was just, yeah, I was just, a, I was just, because then you're a perfectionist and nothing's ever good enough. And I mean, I even got plastic surgery just because I wanted to, you know, finally be happy with my body. And I just realized this is a little crazy. <laughs> like this isn't healthy. Like I'm just constantly focused on my calories and what I should and shouldn't be eating. Like this is not freedom. And that's what I was looking for is like how to be healthy and free at the same time. And again, and, and I got I got this from what you just shared. There's nothing inherently wrong with plastic surgery. The problem is in seeking happiness from the plastic surgery. That's where the problem lies. Now tell me, how do you actually realize this and 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 change and or how do you get off this emotional roller coaster that 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 you were going through with the 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 diets and the feeling unsatisfied? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think the first thing is just looking at your standard and like lowering it a little bit and just being more realistic on what it your ideal body for this phase of your life 
for where you are, you know, like, I think it's important for us to not compare to other people and really just have, have the goal be realistic first and foremost. And then um, <laughs> the, the next step that's fun and a little creative is introducing you to your inner Helga. So Helga is the one that beats you up in the mirror. She's the one that tells you that you deserve to have the cake because you've had a long, hard day. And then she tells you that you're a horrible person and you need to go work off the cake and you shouldn't have done that. Right. And so we are all are familiar with this voice. You know, this isn't a revolutionary in that sense of the monkey mind. Um, yeah, the inner mean girl, there's lots of different names, um, the lizard brain, right. There's a lot of different names for it, but what really is revolutionary about the Helga concept is I want you to personify that voice. I want you to make it real. So give it a face, give it a name. Um, what does it look like? What's the energy that it feels like in your body? So then when you are trying to figure out an outfit to wear that day and you're starting to feel or like visually see this Helga or feel it. For me, Helga feels very heavy. It feels very constricting. My stomach kind of tightens up. It's mainly negative chatter. There's nothing really, uh, you know, positive about Helga. And then what happens is you now have a choice. You realize that that voice is not you and you don't have to listen to it. So again, like what does your Helga look like? What color eyes does it have? Some women have in, in my program, we go as far as like finding a picture that maybe represents her or drawing if you're good at drawing. But um, some women have posted pictures of their mother. Um, some people have posted pictures of like Rachel McAdams and Mean Girl. And so when I'm getting ready to do something, maybe that's pushing my edge a little bit, I can recognize, is this Helga like pulling me back and telling me no and this isn't safe? Or, you know, can I shift into possibility? Can I shift into who I really am? And so that that's really powerful for me because I was running around with Helga in my mind. And so when I learned about the Helga concept, it gave me power to choose a different behavior and to speak to myself, just like we were saying, more kindly because... Helga's rhetoric is pretty abusive, really. And I, I think I think that's a great idea. But uh, why why do you think it is so useful to actually give it a name and give it a, a, a persona, really? Well, yeah, I feel like you you because again, we walk around and we have these voices and we think that's me. That's who I am. That's just who I am. I just talk crap about my body all the time, you know. Like, and we don't even realize that. It's actually this chatter. It's actually this separate part of ourselves that we can choose no longer to listen to. And that's often what happens when I teach the Helga philosophy is women say to me, wow, this is so sad because Helga's like in my mind all the time. But now you have the power to choose something. And so what's often the next question that people say is like, okay, well, what do you do next? What do you do next? After you've realized that it's Helga and it's not really your heart, your soul, which is really expansive and purposeful and light, you know, like for me, if it's me, I'm feeling hopeful and feeling lighter, like even my body, my chest opens up. So Helga, what I have found comes from two different sources. It's either from a place of um, fear or she just wants to be a bully. So like I say like scared Helga or bully Helga. 
So bully Helga definitely comes up when you're like in the mirror. She's like, ew, this is gross. Yeah, this needs to go away. You need to like fix this. You need to, you know, like she's straight up bully. So with the bully type energy, um, the best way to go about that is being a little assertive. Just like, hey, like go away. Like I, I don't need you here. I'm not going to listen to that anymore. Do you know that that's abusive language? You're, you're being abusive. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. And kind of just having this more assertive energy. And then like for that example that I gave, maybe you're getting ready to do a big meeting for work or you're getting ready to meet somebody like a new friend and you're like really nervous and you're like, maybe I should just bail. That's probably scared Helga. So scared Helga is kind of, you need to come at her with more of a loving energy. Like, I know you're afraid of rejection. I know that you are going to try to like meet this new chick for coffee and, you know, see if you can hit it off as friends. And you're worried that things are going to go sour, like some other female relationships have maybe gone in the past, which happens. But the only way we're going to make new friends is if we put ourselves out there. We'll be okay. We got this. And you're kind of just giving a more loving, compassionate energy towards Helga. Um, I think most of the motivational speaking era is like, just say yes. You know, just, you know, be like aggressive. Like, yeah, just kick her to the wayside and tell her to go screw off and blah, blah, blah. Like this very like aggressive energy. And again, when bully Helga is around, I would say that that tactic works. But the more softer, loving, compassionate, motherly, nurturing energy actually really helps when it's scared Helga, which I have found that most of the time it's it's scared Helga. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, as a matter of fact, now that you were mentioning this and how to how to handle uh, Helga and how to actually uh, you know recognize that voice for for what it is, which is not necessarily you, but it's but it's an external voice, just like it was you know, like your, your mother, if, if she used to say things like that to you or, or a teacher or somebody like that, because it gets to a point where, you know what, if, if we have a teacher that is like that, we'll start ignoring them. And, and we understand that, you know, that, that doesn't define me. That's just that person's opinion. But when we, when it comes from our own head, we tend to, to accept it and say like, well, I'm the one saying that, but now when you give it a voice and you give it a person, a personality, then that's, you know, that's, that's somebody else. Now, I know that you have this concept of how you help your clients to really become BFFs with their body. Is, is, is this where it all starts? So yes, the whole philosophy behind Wildly Alive is that your body is a living, breathing, feeling thing, just like a plant, right? Like I said. And so when we start to view our bodies as more than just a thing, a, an object that we manipulate, and we start to see the real wisdom that your body has to offer and the real intricacies and how incredibly intelligent our body is. Like we can't even conceptualize all of the millions to billions of processes happening in our bodies just in this very second. And so if we can start seeing all that our body is doing right, because, oh man, it is doing so much right, it, it shifts how you view and how you respond to your body. So, so let me just give you a, an example is, so since this has all been going on, like everyone's a little bit more stressed and my body speaks to me just like your body speaks to you. And so I've been like breaking out and 
again, like we could, and I also know that I have been eating too much dairy for me, for my body. I know for me, my body has like a low tolerance for dairy and I've been eating more of that. And so instead of looking at my face and being like, oh God, I need more zit cream. I need to like, you know, like shame, 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 gross, gross, gross. You're bad. You're bad. You're bad. Looking at it and saying, okay, she's telling me something. I'm having zits on my cheeks, which usually to me is stress. And I'm having zits on like my eyebrow lines, which is usually to me too much dairy. So the diet culture mentality is, yeah, just stop eating so much dairy. You know, like the very shame-based, don't do that, bad. You need to put a restriction on yourself. And flipping the script and saying, okay, she's just speaking to me. That's all that's happening. She doesn't verbally have words. So this is how she speaks with like neck aches and, and back aches and, you know, acne and it, bloatedness. Like these are all your body speaking to you. And so again, this is how the relationship gets developed is you're learning how to communicate with your body. For me, again, like these breakouts is just a sign from my body that I need to get grounded more. I need to do more breathing exercises. And yes, I need to cut back on the cheese because I've been eating too much cheese. And it's not like, again, from a place of I'm going to hate myself. I'm just going to hate the zit enough to force myself not to eat the dairy when I'm choosing not to put the shredded cheese like on the tacos or whatever. It's not like, Oh no, Nicole, you don't want to get another zit, right? Like again, that's shame based. It's saying, okay, if my body could talk to me, she'd say, Hey girl, let's get the cheese. This ain't agreeing with us. You know, like that's all that's happening. And so then you choose not to have the cheese and you choose to do more stress management from a place of respect. Like you are friends and so, so yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the times I talk about this from a physiological uh, point of view, like listen, all these hormones and all these chemicals and everything that's happening in our bodies. But in reality, it's all, it's, it, it's all orchestrated by our mind. Our mind is also the one responsible for our emotions and for our feelings and, and for all those things. So when you, when you can, and I think what's so brilliant about what you just shared is that when when you can really recognize these things and, and and start understanding like why why am I why is my body giving these signals and what do they mean and and, and I think that ties in very well with what you share that once you understand and you listen to these signals and you know what they mean you don't need willpower bingo that's exactly that's exactly my point because I was a person who could just willpower their way through anything. I mean, and I used to think it was a really positive trait. Like I was like, yeah, I can set my mind to something. I can get it done. And honestly, I definitely see it as a negative now because I would force things to happen. And also I was tired. I was like, wow, willpowering everything is so exhausting. You know, like again, like counting points or counting, um, counting points or counting calories or whatever. Like I I was just like, I I was like, this is so much work. Like I'm so tired all the time. And so that's, what's cool about opening up the lines of communication with your body is, um, because again, every single human body is unique, just like a fingerprint. Right. And so, yes, those blueprint plans are very general. But we also need to understand that sometimes something seemingly healthy, like avocados, 
doesn't agree with your body. And that's where like the whole intuitive eating piece comes in is figuring out when I eat something, how is my body responding to it? Again, like say you have like pizza or, you know, something greasy and you inhale it and you're bloated and gassy afterwards. And you're like, Hmm, okay. So again, instead of being like, ah, oh, you shouldn't have ate that pizza. You're nah, nah, nah. you're just like, okay, my body's telling me she's bloated and gassy. Maybe I shouldn't have inhaled the pizza. Maybe I could have like just slowed it down and really tasted it. And then I could really see if I actually was enjoying it because often we're inhaling our food that we, we don't even, we don't even realize that it actually tastes terrible. And like our body is actually saying, nah, girl, nah. And so if you can start opening up these conversations with your body and start to bring in some compassion, you'll see that, you know, her being bloated and gassy is just her trying to like balance things out from you, like inhaling your food. So don't be mean about it. Just be like, okay, next time, if I'm going to eat some pizza, I'm just going to slow myself down. I'm going to set the pizza down between each bite and just really try to be more intentional about eating. And then I can figure out if this food is really going to agree with me or not. Because I've found for me, I can eat a piece of pizza. And if I eat it slowly and I keep my body calm and I chew it, I feel fairly fine afterwards. But if I'm feeling anxious and I'm like, I shouldn't be eating this. This is bad. I should, you know, this is, this is bad food. And I'm just like gobbling it down. Whoo, my body responds way different. Absolutely. Yeah. Because when, when you consume all those things together with the guilt and the anxiety, then you're obviously telling your body, I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing and I'm well aware of it. So now it's, you, you had literally, you had insult to injury. So obviously your body also responds saying like, well, he's telling me that this is not what we should be doing. So I need to up my signals. Now, what have you found with your clients because you clearly are not the only one who has benefited from looking at these things this yeah so okay I, I will absolutely admit that this philosophy takes a more mature mindset because it's it takes time you're not going to jump into wild be alive and you know lose 10 pounds in a week by any means because we're really reframing how you view your body how you view food and how you view exercise again because exercise is told that like you're just doing it to get you know a tighter butt and it's like okay we need to shift and think about exercise what i call your deeper three what are the deeper three reasons why you want to move your body regularly if Again, if there was no physical change at all, why do you want to do it? And a lot of people are like mental clarity. I want to live longer. I want to be able to play with my kids, right? Those types of things. Now, yes, weight loss is absolutely a byproduct of this, but it's not a diet by any means. And so you have to be able to settle into the fact that this might take some time, but it's a lifelong change. You're going to change forever. And so I think that's where, yes, women who come to me who have more of a diety background, who are more used to that instant result, they do get a little frustrated after like a month, um, which I totally understand because usually you use the weight change as motivation to keep going. And so then we're trying to shift your mentality on what is progress and what is success. Because again, we're not trying to idolize 
thinness of like, that's the ideal. So again, like stepping on a scale every day and watching the number is not how we measure success. We want to measure it in an in a internal way, which again is kind of hard to do. But for example, like binge eating. So say you're a typical binge eater. I was a huge binge eater for a long time because I was a dieter, right? So I restricted for weeks and then all of a sudden I was like, you know, just go for it. And so with binge eating, as an example, like say, um, again, we think binging is the failure, not binging is the success. And so there are so many more steps in between there. And we've got to start recognizing that. So say before the program, say before we started working together, you were binging pretty consistently, but you wouldn't even realize you were, you binged until maybe the next day or maybe like a few hours afterwards. Did it really like consciously hit you? And then as we start to shift your relationship with food and your relationship with your body, maybe a a next step in the direction is you're binging. And then mid binge, you realize well, I'm like totally stressing right now. I had like a really, really intense day, but maybe you can continue eating. Okay. That's still, that's still a step in the right direction. And then the next step is maybe you, um, mid binge realize that you're eating stress eating and you stop mid binge. And then you just take a few breaths and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm totally pushing my body to her max now. Like this is not feeling good to her. And like you stop. And so it's a process. And it's definitely not linear. Like we can definitely go two steps forward, three steps back, you know, like things like that. And that's fine. But you've got to start recognizing that success isn't perfection because we still, even the healthiest of people still over drink or overeat sometimes when they're stressed out. I mean, it happens less often for sure, but it still happens. So we have to start looking at it, again, it's a total shift in what diet culture teaches. So if you have a background in dieting, it's going to rock your world. It's just going to take a little patience for you to really get there. And um, yeah, women women get on the other side of it and they, they feel the freedom. Like I've had a lot of clients who have just weighed themselves multiple times a day. And so breaking up with the scale was a big goal of ours because that really oh, that's so stressful getting on the scale multiple times a day. And so it's a, it's an, a relearning, it's an unlearning and a relearning. For sure. And I think, I think a big part of that is weight is pretty much the only scorecard that we can keep, uh, which is a wrong one, but it's pretty much the only score that we can, that we can track. The thing is weight loss shouldn't be a goal. Weight loss is the side effect of a healthy lifestyle. Um, right. So when you're healthy, you will, you, when you live healthily, you will default to your natural healthy weight, which again is not necessarily 2% body fat. It's your natural healthy weight. And, and, and it's hard. It's a hard concept to understand. And that's, and that's why I wanted to ask you about it because I do know that a lot of people, especially a lot of people listening to us, uh, they might be thinking, you know what? Yeah, I've tried every single diet and, and nothing seems to work. And I might want to give this a shot, but it's, it's important to say, you know what? You need to come in prepared because this is, this is what's in store for you. It's not going to be immediate. It's not going to happen overnight. And, 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 and progress is, is slow. And the reward goes to those who are consistent, who really adopt uh, the, 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 the mindset and the lifestyle. Right. Well, I, I want to make clear that you can definitely feel different 
pretty quickly in terms of, again, the levity and like just I don't think we realize sometimes how often we're thinking about food and our body and exercise. And so we start until we start having this conversation of reworking and relooking at food and relooking at it through a different lens, like food is fuel, food is nourishment, not food is a number. And so you can definitely feel results almost like really quickly. But if, if all you're doing is measuring your success on the scale, yeah, we're going to have to start looking at, okay, well, how are you feeling when you look at yourself in the mirror? How are you feeling when you wake up in the morning? Because often people are are not waking up happy, (laughs) you know? And so like, oh, okay, we've been working together for three weeks, but you're starting to wake up happy. Wow. Like that's like 10 pounds on the scale. Like we need to celebrate that. Right. Like, so it's just looking at success through a more realistic lens. Yeah. How much, how much more in control do you feel? How much more empowered do you feel? And I think those, those are great markers because when people realize that, you know what, it's not food controlling me, I am controlling food and I decide when to and how to feed myself. Then that is empowering. That's when people realize like, you know what, I think I got this. Right. Right. Awesome. So for everyone listening to us right now, um, I always ask our guests to give us two or three pieces of actionable advice that those of those those people who are listening to us right now could literally, as soon as they finish listening to this episode, they can start implementing and acting upon. What what would be your top two or three pieces of actionable advice for them? Yeah, I love that. Yes, I'm all about making things practical. So <laughs> number one is personify your Helga. And I know a lot of you are like, ah, really? I'm like, yeah, for real. Like just close your eyes and see what happens in your body when you start beating beating yourself up or trying to categorize food. Like what does what is the energy? Is it there was one woman in the challenge that we did where I had them post a picture. It was of a head and the head was all like scratched up with like all kinds of squigglies. And it's like, to me, that was a sign that she struggles with anxiety. Right. And so she was like personifying her anxiety, which was controlling so much of her life. And so your Helga is going to look way different than what you may think. And again, if you can just Google, all they do is Google images of what it like a mean girl or anxiety or whatever. And you're scrolling through the images and you find it, I'm telling you, I know it sounds small, but the Helga concept by far is the thing that women come to me the most of like, whoa, okay. Like now that I can see her, I'm realizing that she comes out a lot. And then that gives me the power to shift. And so then the next practical step was, is just acknowledge to yourself, is she being a bully? Is she being mean? And if she is, just say, go away. Stop being abusive. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. And if she's scared, again, like you're going into a big meeting or something that's kind of pushing that edge, just put your hand on your heart and just talk to her as if it was a scared child of like, like, I know this is scary and this is definitely putting us out there and there's some risk involved, but nothing ever happens in the name of comfort. So let's just try this. And if we fail, (laughs) we'll be okay. And let's just go in and try to have a good time, right? Like, I think those two things can really start shifting how you view your health and your body in general. Awesome. Those, those are great recommendations. And again, I want to echo what you just said. 
for everyone listening to us right now, what's the worst thing that could happen if you tried this silly exercise? I mean, seriously, what is the worst thing that could happen if you tried the silly exercise and it just doesn't work for you? You you will have invested three minutes into a new method and that's it. So those are those are great recommendations. And uh, I want I want to acknowledge you for 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 what you're doing. So I mean, obviously, thank you for for spending the time being here with us and explaining this, but. Having seen, and, and I've shared this in, in, in the podcast before, but growing up, I saw my mom struggle with weight since for, for as long as I can remember. And, and it, it, you know, it, it cut her off from being social. It cut her off from, from going out. It cut her off from enjoying life. And, and that had repercussions on, on myself and my brothers growing up. That had repercussions of her with my dad um, as they, you know, as they, they, they ended up splitting up because, you know, they just started growing apart, each one of them. So I, I have seen firsthand how hard it can be and how defeating it can be to not be in control of your body, not to be in control of what you're eating, not to be in control of your life, really. So I do want to acknowledge you for, for, for understanding this and for sharing it with so many people. Uh, that I'm sure are, are benefiting. And for those, those of, of you who are listening to us right now, I, I do want to encourage you to, 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 to continue looking for solutions because there are solutions. There are people who have made it through. There are people who have lost more weight than you need to lose. And there are people who have recovered their life because it's not about losing the weight. It's about recovering your life and about feeling empowered. So uh, again, Nicole, I, I do want to thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, your mom is like who I think of when I think about this whole thing, because my life was just, everything was affected. Everything was filtered through my body and weight and exercise. And it kept me from going on vacations. And it, it, it walked around with me like a dark cloud. And, you know, like, again, this whole process is a process of self-trust and learning how to trust your body, which is so, you know, can feel really scary, but I'm talking the freedom that you get when you really start to become friends with your body is, is, is amazing. And, and I don't, I don't think there's, there's any better or bigger or more important gifts that you can give someone than to really start recognizing themselves and, and start loving themselves again and, and recover their life. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the challenge that you've got coming up? Yeah. So I have a challenge coming up called the embrace and reshape your body challenge. And it's, you know, just like a dip your toe in the water. If you're somewhat interested of like how this works is you'll get a little wildly alive challenge um, once a day. That's very practical that you're going to put into action and you'll try it out and you'll see if this whole wildly alive thing is, is really meant for you. So you could go to just wildlyalive.com slash challenge, or if you just go to wildlyalive.com, you'll see it right at the navigation bar, the free challenge coming up. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, where else can people find out about you? Are you on social media, on Instagram, Facebook? How can people find you there? I would say going to my website is probably the best place to go. Um, I really take take my email subscribers to heart, and I, you know, I, I send you heartfelt emails regularly that really give you some practical tips on how to apply this stuff. So you can see if this 
is really for you. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for reminding us of that. And for those of you listening, you know the drill, all of the links and everything that we just shared and that Nicole just shared with us, uh, you can find that in our show notes and in the episode description. Just scroll down on your podcast app and you're going to see all of them right there. You can tap directly and go there and subscribe to our newsletter and all those cool things. Nicole, thank you so much once again for, for stopping by. Um, any parting words, anything else that you'd like to, to let our, our, our listeners know? Yeah, it doesn't have to be so hard. It's it can not. be easy. That's, that's, that's what I wish I would have told myself at that time. It's like, just giving myself a hug instead. Oh, honey, it doesn't have to be so hard. Exactly. We, we tend to overcomplicate it. Thank you so much for that. One final question. Do they have a good time here in the Highwood Health? Yes, always. I love talking about this. I love to have good, deep conversation about it for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's what I like to hear. Thank you so much again for joining us. For those of you listening, I will see you here next week. Thank you for listening to Dr. E's Highway to Health show, helping you learn the science of living ageless. Did you enjoy the show? Please like, share, and subscribe where you listen to podcasts. Dr. E wants to hear from you. Go to dre.show. Again, that's dre.show. Until next time, this is Dr. E's Highway to Health, helping you live ageless. So that was my conversation with Nicole Worth. I hope you enjoyed it. What was your favorite takeaway? Tag me on Instagram or connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think. By the way, remember that you can find the links to everything we discussed in this episode in the show notes. You scroll down to this episode's description on your podcast app and tap on the appropriate link. And before you go, remember to check out podcastinabox.co for all your podcasting needs. If you're a busy entrepreneur looking to grow a personal brand and still trust in your clients, there is no better way to do it than with a podcast. To learn how the team at Podcast in a Box can help you do just that, simply head on over to podcastinabox.co and find out more. Oh, and if you already have a podcast but find it hard and time-consuming to keep up, they can help you with that as well. Seriously, they're amazing. Just head on over to podcastinabox.co and let them know that Dr. E sent you. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You've been listening to Nicole Worth and Dr. E talk about becoming wildly alive. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you here next week. And remember, you are on the highway to health and I'm your guide to get you there.